XL, Charlotte Sports Live. Right now on Charlotte Sports Live, two spots officially locked up in NASCAR's championship four with one race to go. Plus, top plays galore coming your way from the Panthers and in the high school football. Our Michael Set shows you the best of the best. And it is a big week ahead for Charlotte Sports, and we are here to get you ready for it. Grace Grill alongside Gabe McDonald tonight. Welcome into Charlotte Sports Live. Yeah, we'll talk to you about the keys to the Panthers offense now that O.C. Thomas Brown is going to be calling the plays. And we're going to recap everything that happened for the Hornets this offseason as Bud City embarks on a new season. But first, let's talk about everything on deck for this week. And Grace, we have a huge week in sports coming up in the Queen City. A week from today, the top two picks from last April's draft will meet on the field for the first time. Two very good friends, Carolina's Bryce Young and Houston's C.J. Stroud. And so far this season, it's Stroud that's looked like a franchise quarterback, guiding the Texans to a very surprising start through the first few weeks. Meanwhile, Young is still searching for his first NFL win. He's winless as a starting QB in both the preseason and regular season here in Carolina. The Texans matchup kicks off Carolina's most winnable three-game stretch of the season. They host the Colts in two weeks, and then they travel to Chicago for Thursday night football on the night. All right, moving on to the Hornets. They open the regular season Wednesday at the Spectrum Center against the Hawks, and it's been another interesting offseason for Charlotte. They brought back Miles Bridges, who will serve a 10-game suspension to start the season. Meanwhile, LaMelo Ball agreed to a five-year extension that could be worth as much as $260 million. Michael Jordan sold the majority of his share in the franchise to a group of investors led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall. But Steve Clifford is back as head coach for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in seven seasons. And you already know we are saving the best for last. Charlotte FC is in the MLS playoffs for the first time ever in just their second season ever. The Crown travels to North Jersey Wednesday to face the Red Bulls in the wildcard elimination game in the Eastern Conference. They face a New York team that holds the league record for consecutive playoff appearances. This is their 14th straight season getting to the postseason, so they know how to win big games. But don't count out Charlotte, who won three of their final four to get here, including last night's 1-0 thriller over Lionel Messi in Inner Miami. The winner between Charlotte and New York will then face Cincinnati in a best-of-three series. And it's good to be talking about so much going on, and I think the big thing now, we have a playoff team for the first time in six years. Granted, I know it's not the Hornets or the Panthers, but the other still, football team. It's, it's good to have <laughs> just a taste of winning here in Charlotte. You were at the game last night, just – Take me through just how much, how fun of an experience that was to see the city really come together. Like oh, that. and it was electric. And of course, of course, they're playing in front of, I think it was over 66,000 fans that were in Bank of America Stadium last night. And I walked in there. I've only been in Charlotte a little bit over a year, but I have never seen that place so packed. Now, others were referencing, okay, the, the home opener for Charlotte in their first inaugural season, 74,000 or whatever yeah. it was. Obviously, a big atmosphere, electric, but it just shows that Charlotte as a city can pull that. They want that. They want to be excited, and it's just a matter of these teams winning. And I thought Charlotte FC, that was a, that was a big win for them. He, Messi started. For sure. A yeah. lot of, they were in a home crowd, and you can definitely tell that the crowd was definitely pro-Charlotte FC. Yeah. But anytime Messi touched that ball, okay. it was electric. I mean, I know this wasn't the exact reason, but even the skyline lit up in pink. I was like, mm -hmm. guys, come on. Like, our boys need to get into the playoffs here. In the drone show, too. And I think you just look at this week as a whole. I think this is really a good time for the community to kind of just have something to really have, you know, a lot of joy about. you got the Hornets kicking things off. There's still a lot of optimism, a lot of things up in the air about them. But I think the Panthers coming back home, I think with Thomas Brown calling the plays on offense, I think with C.J. Stroud, the top two picks going at it, two guys that go way back. I think this, I've gone over, I think this is a really big stretch for them. 
I think the Panthers could possibly roll off three straight. So I think having all this going on at home, the Hornets are three straight to open the year at home. It's going to be a pretty. Are you a big energy guy? Because oh, yeah, maybe you have the energy. energy in Bank yeah. of America Stadium, you know and it like rubs off. You just got to feed them. off that, you know. <laughs> Speaking of energy, let's go to NASCAR. Flyers just feel a little different at a NASCAR race, don't they? NASCAR Cup Series at Homestead today for the Forever 400, the third to last race of the NASCAR playoffs, and we pick up where we left off. Final lap of Stage One. Guess who? Kyle Larson. With of his course. fourth consecutive stage win after sweeping last week in Las Vegas. And Larson was going for a fifth, just four laps to go in stage two, but he concedes the lead to Ryan Blaney, and the 12 car takes stage two. But that would be the uh, that would not be the end of the trouble for Larson. Check this out. Coming off the pit Ooh. road, trying to avoid him. He crashes into the yellow barrels, and you see the damage at the front. That would end the day for him onto the final lap, and you cannot ring that bell. Christopher Bell takes the checkers at Homestead. His second win of the season pushes him to the championship four for the second straight year. The best team behind me. I just, uh, honestly, I don't know, man. That race is a whirlwind, and I was ready to throw the towel in there in the second stage, and I got really frustrated on the radio, and Adam kept after it. Adam, Tyler, William, the guys back at the shop are, you know, working over the adjustments, and, uh, they gave me what I needed. Whenever we got some clean air, this thing was really good. And just, I, I cannot say how proud I am to be to be here with our partners, with Reem and DeWalt, driving these Toyota Camrys. I've been with Toyota since day one. So thank you everyone that supported me. This is, uh, this is better than a dream come true. But you obviously see the the day there, yeah. and for and for Larson, that was a that was a big moment in this race. But he's already in. But it's uh, it's getting interesting with two more spots remaining for that final four. Yeah, for sure. You got a couple guys. You got Blaney and William Byron both there at the three and the four spots. But the race under the cut line with Truex, Reddick, Hamlin, and Busher, that's going to get interesting. And the thing about going to Mart Martinsville, you're going to a short track. Last year, we saw obviously we know the hail melon Ross Chastain pulling <laughs> off that move. So we're going to see some tough racing. We're going to see something. I know they outlawed the move, but. I think we're going to see some similar tough races, but good for Christopher Bell. Last week, him and Larson going neck and neck. He really had a good chance to win that race. Larson ended up getting it done in dominant fashion. Bell finishing second. So for him to bounce back in Miami, get a big win. But next week is really going to be a big week because at a short track, anything can happen. I think we're going to see a lot of excitement and two spots to go soon. We're going to be in Phoenix and crowning the champ. So it's shaping out to be a pretty good race coming up next week on the short track. But now, let's head back to the gridiron. A battle for first place in the NFC South between the Falcons and Bucks down in Tampa. Bijan Robinson limited in this one after what he said was a headache post-game. Quarterback Desmond Ritter picking up the slack on the ground, though. Two-yard touchdown run here, and the Falcons strike first over the Bucks. But back comes Tampa, our old friend, Baker Mayfield, airing it out. He goes up top and hits a wide-open Mike Evans on the go ball. Easy pitch and catch for the 40-yard score. We're tied up at seven with under four to play in the first. Later in the quarter, still tied. Have to show you this insane grab by Atlanta's Kyle Pitts. Only three yards, but it's the best three-yard gain you'll probably ever see. Check out the replay. Goes behind the back with his left hand, and he's still able to hold on to it. These are the plays that he's capable of making when he's heavily involved in the offense. And while that play was great, this one truly made the difference. Tied at 13 late in the fourth. Pitts with a 39-yard gain to set up young Waku to get him into field goal range. And from 51 yards out, his kick is up, and it is right down the pipe. The Falcons, despite fumbling three times, they get the win, and they are now in first place in the NFC South. So checking out the division right now, you see the Panthers there at 0-6. It's highly unlikely 
they get back into this, but let's hope they prove us wrong with 11 games to go. Meanwhile, the Falcons sit atop the division at 4-3. The Bucks now 3-3 after falling to Atlanta, and the Saints are in at 2-3-4, at although most expected New Orleans to be better than they have been, and I am definitely one of those people Thursday night. Not the best showing for them, but this division, I mean, we, we thought it was going to be runaway. I think you have a lot of teams in that connect, but I still think there's really no clear-cut winner. I mean, none of these teams are playing great football right now. I mean, Desmond Ritter fumbled three times today, even lost one out of the back of the end zone. But when you get Kyle Pitts involved, a guy that you use a top 10 pick on, those are the plays that he can that make. That was incredible. Those are the plays that he can that. make. So I think the big thing, too, I think we're going to see Tampa. They had a very easy schedule. They came out the gate hot. You never know what you're going to get out of New Orleans. I think the safe bet now with their running game, when Bijan gets back, I think the safest bet might be the Falcons at this point. Well, and also, if the Panthers can get through these these first two against yeah. uh, two other teams with two rookie quarterbacks, right. I know uh, AR is going to be out right. probably, but they uh, if they can get those two and keep it rolling, you build your confidence up. Because we've talked so much about, like, hey, they just – got to get one. Like, once yeah. you get one, that energy, that mojo, it keeps you going. Mm -hmm. You figure things out. You're a little bit more confident in how you move and your scheme with working together. And um, – yeah, this division is up. Even, yeah. even before this game, we were talking about, okay, the Panthers, it doesn't look good, 0-5, 0-6, and it's still like they're three games back in the division. Yeah. So you you're just got to get one. Like our producer, Joe, on the court. You see one go in, you know, you have a, you have oh, a pretty great game. calling <laughs> him out. All right, well, before we get into any more trouble, we are diving deeper into the Hornets. Coming up next on Charlotte Sports Live, NBA guru Mike Lissette goes one-on-one -on -one with himself. Yeah. To preview the upcoming season. If that doesn't make sense, it will in a few minutes. Yeah, y'all are going to want to see that. And what a night to be alive last night in Charlotte. The Crown, that's something we didn't think was possible three weeks ago. Now they will get to play for the MLS Cup. And later, no Panthers today, but we have plenty of Panthers news to share, like Thomas Brown taking over the play calling duties. Former Panther Al Wallace shares his keys to the offense's development under Brown. That's coming up later on CSL. All right, let's talk Hornets basketball. They finished the preseason Thursday the same way they finished most of last season, which would be on the losing end. The Celtics dropped Buzz City by 28 points, with Charlotte finishing its exhibition schedule at 1-3. and three. And perhaps no one in Charlotte is more excited about the new season than our very own Mike Lissette, but he's got some concerns about the team, and apparently it's affecting his own identity. Well, the new NBA season is here, and can you tell I'm excited? I think it's going to be a great year for Charlotte. I think they might even make the playoffs. Man, what are you talking about? This team has so many questions, with the biggest being Miles Bridges. You are so negative. And, and you are a grown man dressed in a Hornets uniform. But if you want to get real, let's get real. Bridges missed all of last season, so we don't know what type of player he's going to be when he returns after serving the final 10 games of his 30-game long suspension. Then there's new protection order violation that happened earlier this month. We also don't know how that's going to affect when he returns. Man, I am beside myself here in frustration. Well, it's true. Well, look, I'll give you this. The Bridges situation is a little hazy, but I'm feeling good about the rest of the roster. LaMelo Ball is back, he's healthy, and when he's back on the floor, I like Charlotte's chances. Mark Williams is also feeling good. And then there's the new kid, Brandon Miller, who I think is going to provide this team with a lot of scoring once he figures out life in the NBA. You like how he played in the preseason? Guy never even cracked double figures. All right, let's not talk about that. Uh-huh. Uh, look, I'm not saying I'm not excited about the season. I just think we have to keep our expectations tempered. 
This is a team that finished last year with just 27 wins. A team that doesn't make many roster improvements in the offseason. I'm not really sure why you think the playoffs is possible. Because in the NBA, anything is possible. The eighth seed Miami Heat made the finals last year. If Charlotte can stay competitive and stay in the hunt for the playing game, who's to say it can't be them? You know, I like the way you think. I'll tell you what, I like your style too. And that is so Mike Lissette style. Very well done. That was, that was awesome. Perfect. But uh, I, I agree with Mike in the sense that it's with I. Mike, though? The, the one dressed in full hornets okay. here. I, I'm, <laughs> I am about, I am about the, I am about that. But um, yeah. there is a lot to be excited about with this team. And if you heard the way Coach Clifford has talked about this team, you can even tell by him how excited that he is. I think Brandon Miller is. I was one of the ones that wasn't the camp of, oh, he probably wasn't my first pick. But after watching him in the preseason, I am excited with him and how he fits with LaMelo Ball. Yeah, a lot of guys have talked about, you know, he's a very traditional guy, has an old-school approach, yeah. and, you know, plays well beyond his years. And I think that's what you want to see, especially in a guy who only played one year of college ball. Normally, that's not the case. But I think when you look at this team, having Nick Richards a full season with Mark Williams, Mark Williams mm -hmm. looking a little bit bigger too. But that's one thing that we saw in the preseason. you got to be able – to be better on the in transition, be more physical on the glass. But I think that's going to come with time. They're going to gel together. The big thing with me, I want to see how early and how often we see Brandon Miller. Because I think, obviously, we know Cliff loves to play veteran players. You still have Terry. You still have Gordon and PJ. I just want to see how many minutes he's going to get off the bench. But I think, like you said, he's going to have an immediate impact for this team. Yeah, and speaking of leadership, that was the other thing that I thought was going to be right. super important with this group is that you heard Clifford talk about how – Terry Rozier and Gordon, Gordon Hayward yeah. were in here in the gym a month earlier than they normally are. I guess Terry usually spends it down in Miami, right. but he mm -hmm. was here in Charlotte a month earlier. I think that just sets the tone when you right. have those veteran players with those expectations. Yeah, to have that kind of buy-in is definitely big. And, yeah. you know, season opener coming up on Wednesday, I am definitely excited for that one. But 800 South Mint Street was rocking last night as Charlotte FC took down Lionel Messi and Inter Miami 1-0 to earn a berth in the MLS postseason. Kerwin Vargas would send the ball to the back of the net in the 13th minute, a goal that would stand alone through full time. It's a second straight game with a goal against Miami. It's the first postseason appearance for the franchise that is in just its second year of its history. Charlotte seeks to the playoffs, capturing the ninth and final spot in the postseason, which will put the boys against New York Red Bull on Wednesday in the wild card match. For us, this is like a really good step forward. Something goes from our back and uh, even I don't know how we make this. It's very easy when you are under pressure to divide and everybody, you know, trying to, but this group, they stick together. And, uh, and that for me, this is the, something that makes me proud because for me, the moral values are before the football values. And that's the thing that we saw with this team, you know, with their backs against the wall. Yeah, they had the draw on Wednesday, but to have that resiliency, I mean, this team had five straight draws early in the season, recently had four in a row. Any team, any other team probably would have tucked their tail, but for these guys to come out, win those two on the road, then come back, have the results that they needed, and luckily they get the help that they needed as well. But I think when you look at this team, I mean, they're kind of going in with that, you know, everybody, me against the world kind of attitude. I think possibly they could go on the road and pull off this upset. I know New, I know New York has been there, done that before. But, I mean, with this team having this kind of momentum, especially being able to beat a team led by the best player in the world, you got to give them a really good chance to get it done on Wednesday. Yeah, and that just added to the pressure last night. So not only do you need a win because you're fighting for your playoff hosts, but you're doing yeah. it. You heard Christian Kalina. That was just a clip of him there. But he even yeah. said post-match, like, I, I was under so much pressure just to keep them out of the goal, but it's so much pressure going up against a guy that you know is the, the greatest 
to ever play yeah. it. And you have your home crowd that's like, yeah, we want you guys to win, but also we we're here well to see number 10 play. And the one thing that I did like that Christian Kalina brought up is that he mentioned how good they have been this season yeah. in in tournament play. You, right. you meant, he mentioned their run in the League's, League's Cup. Cup yeah. And he said it's that same thing. So they're trying to build off that. And um, they didn't lose to Red Bull. They tied them twice this sure. season. So if you can get a win, there's a, that's a positive. Luckily, Messi was offsides on that one goal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, the playoffs are not in the picture right now for the Carolina Panthers as they sit at 0-6. But one thing they can win is the bye week, and that starts with getting the offense going under new play caller Thomas Brown. We'll tell you how they can do that next. I recommend retirement, so long as you're not retiring to get away from something. If you retire to get to something, then then you you will not you won't have any second thoughts or regrets at all. Plus, we're catching up with a very happily retired Mickey Mixon. The former voice of the Panthers tells us what he's been up to and why he's not worried about the state of his old team. All right, so we know this isn't a pretty sight. Six straight losses to start the season for Carolina, but the easier part of their schedule is coming up. Home against the Texans and Colts, and then at the Bears on Thursday night football. This could just be the chance to get that elusive win number one. But the big Panthers news coming just one day into their bye week was on Monday last week when head coach Frank Reich announced he's handing over the playbook to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown. Brown was already a part of the installation process for games, but now he'll be the voice behind the plays and more a part of the day-to-day -day operation. Some things will stay the same though, like Brown staying on the field, and then others will change depending on the week. This morning on Black and Blue Kickoff Live, Gabe, Mike, and Al Wallace discuss some important things to watch from the offense moving forward. Let's go ahead and bring in the 10-year NFL vet and former Panthers defensive end Al Wallace. Al, no game to give keys for, although at this point, winning one game is really the big key that we need going forward this yeah, year. Yeah, you got to get better. You got to start the ball rolling somewhere. And so here's, here we go. Let's go ahead and get into the keys of the game for the bye week, rather. The key developmental areas for the offense under new OC or new play caller, Thomas Brown. First up, Al, number one has to be expanding the run game because it's really been Pretty absent for, through the first six weeks. Yeah, and Chuba Hubbard's really given this offensive line, this running attack, some life. This guy is a sledgehammer, and he's done a good job in the power gap running game uh, for this team. And I think what we should see is more pre-snap movement. The Carolina Panthers were 28th in the league in pre-snap motions and uh, changes. So we need to see that. That'll open up the running game. That'll help settle in Bryce Young. This offensive line is really, really good when they're able to fire off the ball, move the line of scrimmage, and get some holes open for Chuba Hubbard. Speaking of firing the ball, their key number two, you got to be increased the tight end targets with a more stable rushing attack comes the play action pass. Yeah. And Carolina really needs Hayden Hurst to get going again like he did in the first week of the season. Against yeah, the we saw some early glimpses of Hayden Hurst. And what we do need to do is get back to involving those tight ends. We heard, uh, you know, from Thomas Brown, and we know he coached the position. We just want to see that open up. With the bigger impact in the running game, you're going to get more plays out of the play action. That's going to free up the tight ends. And we saw some signs of life from it. But Hayden Hurst is a really good tight end. They got to get him more involved. They got to get him more targets. And I think that'll help this offense put more points on the board. And key number three, speed, speed, and more speed. Not just the pre-stamp operations, 
but the passing game. Bryce Young has to get the ball out of his hands because he has a lot of time back there, and it's led him taking some hits so far. Yeah, he has to start by getting to the line of scrimmage with all the motions that we talked about in the first key with the impact of the tight ends. We just need to see the ball come out of Bryce Young's hands. You go and look at Miami and Tua Tagovailoa. You look at uh, the, the L.A. Rams and what they do with Matthew Stafford. The ball comes out, San Francisco, Brock Purdy. Bryce needs to get into that mold. Look at the two touchdown passes that Bryce was able to throw against Detroit. Those were quick games. They came out of his hands. He knew what the ball should go. He had the right read, and he made the right throw with the perfect amount of accuracy. No better man to give the three keys to the bye week and developing the offense. Big Al's three keys. That'll do it. All right, well, Sundays have sounded a little different without Mick Mixon on the call for Carolina. The former voice of the Panthers didn't have any catchphrases, but he still managed to leave his mark on the franchise after 17 years on the job. He's since retired, but just because there's no more games to call doesn't mean he's any less fulfilled. Mike Lissette has a story. Just as it was countless times during his tenure as the voice of the Panthers, Mick Mixon had a question following last season's tough loss to the Falcons. But this time, his question wasn't directed at any of Carolina's coaches. It was, in fact, to his wife. They lost, honey. Ah, what do you want to? What do you want to do now? What do you want to do for dinner? Welcome to the most important game in the history of Bank of America Stadium. My, how times change. Smith got a touchdown. Wow. Carolina Panthers. Wow. Once directly tied to the highs and lows of life in the NFL, Nixon is now a season removed from the booth and fully entrenched living his best life in the countryside. And just so we're clear, the 65-year-old is enjoying every minute of it. I recommend retirement. So long as you're not retiring to get away from something, if you're retired to get to something, then, then you, you, will not, you won't have any second thoughts or regrets at all. That's something with spending more time with his grandchildren. <laughs> not to mention all the work that needed to be done around the farm he and his wife bought four years ago. Then there's the band the two perform in from time to time. He's the star drummer, she's the lead singer. These days, Mixon has many passions, but you can absolutely be sure the Panthers remain one of them. Cam Newton throws a pass, Olsen ends on, caught, touchdown! I mean, the guy is still fired up about the 2015 season. That team went to the Super Bowl and played a team that they probably should have beaten maybe seven out of ten times neutral site. While it would seem like Carolina is light years away from experiencing that kind of success again, Nixon insists they're closer than most realize. Of course, he might be a little biased. Yes! The Panthers have done it! Yes! There's too many talented people. There are too many people that are decorated football administrators. I, I think great times are ahead. Whenever that day comes, Nixon will be riding along. He's no longer the voice of the team, but he will always be a fan. Well, it may be painful, but it's good to take a look back at your history so you don't repeat it. At least that's what they say. We're going to take a look back at the Panthers' first six games coming up next. Now let's focus on some Panthers' positives. We're checking out Carolina's top plays from the first six games of the season as well. Who will claim the top spot? Find out next on Charlotte Sports Live. Back here on Charlotte Sports Live with the Carolina Panthers on a much-needed bye week. And six weeks really doesn't seem like a lot of time when you think about how much of the season is still left to play. But when you do take a look back, you realize that a lot has happened. And now we get to see the start of this new era. 
Bryce Young leading a charge of hope for the Carolina Panthers as they opened a new season in Atlanta. A hope that was almost squandered as contract negotiations with Brian Burns reached a fever pitch leading up to week one, leaving many to question if Agent Zero would take the field. Brian Burns again, his second sack of the game. While Burns answered some questions, there were still many to be answered about the Panthers as they fell 24-10 to to the Falcons to start the season 0-1. Week two put the Panthers in prime time, but it would not be their time as Carolina fell to the Saints on Monday night football. 20 to 17 was the final score, but the biggest loss came in the first half when Shaq Thompson was carted off the field with what we would later learn to be a broken leg, putting an end to his season. Now, if an 0-2 start wasn't a reason for concern, injuries certainly were, especially to QB1, who was ruled out in week three with an ankle injury. I'm not trying to convince anybody what I can do. But even a 13-year vet who threw the ball almost 60 times for 361 yards and two touchdowns was not enough to get Carolina its first win. The Panthers' best chance for a win came in week four against another winless team in the Minnesota Vikings. We're not, we're urgent, we're not desperate. That urgency delivered by Carolina's defense on Minnesota's first drive of the game. Six, Carolina, Sam Franklin, take it back. But unfortunately, that would be the last time the Panthers find the end zone as Carolina fell to 0-4. We're, we're not happy about it. In fact, we're disgusted about it. But um, everything, you, everything we want is in front of us. In front of the Panthers was the reality of an 0-6 start, with having to go on the road to face two of the best teams in the league in the Detroit Lions and the Miami Dolphins. The Panthers collapsed in Detroit, leaving the team with only one thing to do. Uh, keep pounding. You know, keep pounding. And that's exactly what they did the next week in Miami. The Panthers have their biggest lead of the season, and they're doing it against one of the NFL's best. But the best always find a way to win. And for Carolina, it's something they are building towards. To earn the right to make that be who we are, make that be our identity, and that comes to work. Um, I, I definitely have confidence in us that that's where you know we're going to get to. Um, but it, it's a process. It's a journey. All right, so when you take a look back on this, yeah, not great. Yeah. The one thing I will say, though, is that, and if you can say this about the loss that they, they did take in Miami, I felt like that was the most we've seen this offense have any sort of juice with Bryce Young under center. No, absolutely. That was by far the most efficient that they were to start the game. Yeah. They came out, they did a lot of up-tempo stuff, a lot of no huddle, and that's really what he was used to do, doing in college. And I think they were able to get more balance. Trooper Hubbard had some great runs. They just, you know, looked like a oil oil machine on offense. It seemed like there was this – it seemed like Thomas Brown was calling the plays on those first two drives. If we're being honest, obviously it was not. But I think the thing with this team, I think going forward, you just want to still see them come out with a lot more competitiveness. I think just being more efficient. They lead the league in penalties right now. You cannot yeah. win games with that many penalties. If you're, you know, if you're having too many self-inflicted wounds, too many errors, pre-snap penalties, you're playing behind the chains, you can't expect to win games and – I think that's the biggest thing that I want to see them clean up is playing more cleaner and disciplined football. But I think that has a lot to do with guys not being comfortable in, in, the, in the schemes both, on both sides of the ball. Right. They got a new defense in there. A lot of these guys, uh, many NFL people will say, don't exactly fit their scheme that sure. they're trying to, to play. Not that it's a bad thing. but right. And then on offense, you got a rookie quarterback who they're not really playing to his talents. Hopefully Thomas Brown can yeah. – 
Hopefully we see that. Still got mark. 11 games to go. But unfortunately, when it rains, it pours for the Panthers in terms of secondary injuries. League sources confirmed with us last Wednesday that safety Jeremy Chin has injured his quad. ESPN's Adam Schefter added to the report that he could miss up to six weeks, but that the injury should not require surgery. Not great news for a secondary that's already missing Xavier Woods, J.C. Horn, and Von Bell. A lot of moving parts for the Panthers to figure out over the next week. They did just sign safety Alex Cook from the Giants practice squad, Helen. And a handful of other key pieces are also dealing with long-term injuries, ranging from a few weeks to season-ending. Brady Christensen, Jack Thompson, Marquise Haynes, J.C. Horn, Ian Thomas, and Henry Anderson are all currently on injured reserve. Christensen and Anderson won't play another snap this season, and Shaq is likely out for the year as well after having surgery to repair a broken leg. So even with that, deciding the best plays from the Panthers so far this season seems like a fun job, but it is no easy task. Consider this, 153 snaps are taken during the course of an average NFL game. Multiply that by six, and you can imagine us here on CSL have seen a lot of football this year, but we did it. And so without further ado, here's the plays that must be given their due. While the Panthers still have yet to pick up a win this year, they have managed to provide some jaw-dropping highlights through their first six games. Here are the three best. Didn't have to go very far to find this gem. Coming in at number three for our Panthers' top plays is tight end Tommy Tremble. Last week against Miami, he defied gravity with his hurdle over Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard. Despite his best effort, though, Carolina would still go on to fall 42-21. We're taking a look at the defense for our number two play this year, and it was a record breaker. Against the Vikings in week four, Sam Franklin picked off Kirk Cousins, then took it to the house for 99 yards, setting the mark for the longest pick six in Carolina history. Touchdown, Carolina! The Panthers would come up short 21-13. Finally, our top play goes out to Carolina's top pick. In the team's first ever game against the Falcons, Young got what the team hopes will be the first of many, many touchdowns. Boy, I love this play design. This was a four-yarder to Hayden Hurst. The Panthers, however, would go on to lose 24-10. Wins have been tough to come by, but good plays have not. And here's the best part. There's still a lot more football to play. 11 games to be exact. Coming up, we're turning our attention to college football. Here our Biff Pogey is hoping to build off the success of the Niners' first conference win. That's next on Charlotte Sports Live. Well, a couple of North Carolina teams take a tumble in the newest AP rankings. Following their stunning loss to Virginia yesterday, UNC dropped seven spots in this week's poll and is now 17th in the nation. Duke, meanwhile, also took a fall. They're now 20th, down four spots after losing to Florida State, who remains in fourth. Incidentally, the Week 9 rankings featured the exact same top six, with Georgia holding steady as the top team in the midst of a bye week. They've got Florida on Saturday. And the Charlotte 49ers are nowhere near any of the polls, but they're still feeling pretty good tonight. That's because yesterday, Biff Pogey and company got a much-needed win at East Carolina. The victory was their first one ever in the AAC, and it also snapped a five-game losing streak. Charlotte's defense saved the day in this one. In fact, they set a school record by allowing just 127 yards of total offense from the Pirates. And afterwards, it was a pogey party. I think we will spring forward off of this. This is a conference win. You know, our in-state rival, the school's first American Conference win, and it's on the road. 
at an unbelievable facility and a, you know, very highly thought of football program, really well coached and they got a great history. So we're going to, yeah, I mean, those, these things help us. Niners get back to it tomorrow. They've got a game coming up Friday at home against Florida Atlantic. We all love the Friday Night Lights and long snapper for the Panthers, J.J. Jansen. He's been a lot. He's been through a lot in his Panthers career. Nowadays, he's taking on a new role off the field, interviewing his teammates while riding around on a golf cart. Carly Gephardt talked to him about it in this week's Players Club conversation. You've been driving a golf cart lately <laughs> and interviewing some of your teammates, so you're mm -hmm. kind of in the media role in that. I want to know what's the most interesting golf cart ride that you've had with a teammate as of late? Uh, well, I, I think without a doubt, uh, Miles and I getting into the intricacies <laughs> of possible uh, aliens on the field. Miles' belief that there might be aliens playing in the NFL was probably one of the was one of That's the a hot take. wilder. <laughs> look, he picked Miles Garrett and uh, and his uh, college teammate Saquon Barkley who I think everyone would agree are probably uh, high candidates if there are aliens in the NFL, that those guys might be at the top of that list. But it's been really fun talking to our teammates, um, spending time getting to know them, hopefully letting the fans get to know these guys on a personal level. We've got a great group in the locker room. They're fun. They're engaging. Um, they're really excited to be able to just hang out with me and talk for 10, 12 minutes about silliness and nonsense. <laughs> And what, what I really think is really special is this organization and this team is at its best when it's connected to our fans. And that goes, about, that goes back to at the end of 2011, Cam started giving footballs away. And it became a big thing, connecting the team to its fans. And I just wanted to do a little something to be, begin to reintroduce some of the guys who have been here and some of the guys that are new to Charlotte. I want the fans to understand who these guys are that they're cheering for. And I think, it, I think it's... The Carolina Panthers work best when we are connected to the community that way. Who's somebody that you haven't interviewed that you want to? Like, who's next on the list? So you're oh. like, I've got to get this guy in the golf cart and ask a ton of questions. So obviously, so obviously everyone's really excited to hear from Bryce. I'm trying right. to, I'm trying not put another <laughs> thing on his, on his plate. He's actually, you know, kind of behind the scenes. He's out on the practice field working for about an hour to an hour and a half every week or every day after practice. That I'm just not willing to wait around that long with the golf cart till <laughs> till 4:15 when he comes off the field. So eventually we'll get him. I'm really excited to get Austin Corbett. He was kind of on the back of the original one we did. Right. Uh, I'm I'm excited for him to be able to kind of talk to the fans. Obviously he's had a long rehab process that's coming close to the ultimate success, which is getting back on the field. So that's an exciting one. Um, I'm excited to hear from Burns. Uh, I'm negotiating with his agent on making sure I can get him on the cart. Um, and, and then, you know, one of the ones I was really looking forward to uh, that we just did a couple of weeks ago was uh, Frankie Louvu. He's, yeah. a, he's a tremendously exciting player. He's a great teammate. He's a great spirit. We've talked a little Taylor Swift, which in this day and age never hurts. Right. And uh, so the guys have been awesome with it. I definitely want to hop on the golf cart with JJ at some point. Well, we're less than 72 hours from the start of the Hornet season, and we're making our predictions on how they will do. That's coming up next in Quick Six here on Charlotte's Sports Live. Well, it's getting serious in high school football as the regular season winds down and the playoffs are set to begin. It's time, it's usually the time heroes emerge, and Mike Lissette has three of them in this week's Blitz Top Plays. Looking for the next Mr. October? Please, it's not in the diamond. It's here on the football field. And if you don't believe me, I've got the Blitz top plays to prove it. Purist will take the flip from Derek Jeter. 
I'll take the swipe from Walt Valentine. The Charlotte Catholic senior showing agility with a blink and you missed it interception at the line of scrimmage. With his help, the Cougars cruise past East Mech 42 to nothing. You want another web gem? Maybe one that's not in black and white? How about our second nominee, courtesy of Weddington's Thomas Davis, the son of the former Panther, coming up with a big pick six in the win over Cuthbertson. With the exception of strikes, good things come in threes. And so our third nominee is, yes, you guessed it, another pick six. This time it's Ardry Kell's Hudson Roller. He, unlike the ball that got past Bill Buckner, was no slow roller on his way to an 86-yard touchdown. Knights would roll past Olympic 34-14. You can only root, root, root for one play. To decide which was the best, head to our X page at CSL on QCN and cast your vote by Thursday morning. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, time for Quick 6. We have our Sunday favorite, Andrew Brightman, back with us, along with Michael Seddon, Grace Grill on the hot seat as well. Let's go ahead and put two minutes on the clock. Mike, you're up first. What will the Hornets record be this season? Well, if Miles plays, I said they get close to a 500 record, so maybe around 40, 41. If he doesn't play, best case scenario, you're looking at maybe mid-30s. We'll just have to see. Obviously, got the 10-game suspension coming up. Wouldn't be back until mid-November. All right, Andrew, who wins the QB battle between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud next week at the bank? You know, Stroud's been putting up some numbers, nine touchdowns, one interception, but I'm going to be optimistic here. Bryce Young's been trending in the right direction. I'm going to have him outdoing C.J. Stroud next week for a big first win for the Panthers. I actually agree with you there. I think the change will bring a spark to the team. We need a win. We need something around here. All right, Grace, the team that did get a win, the Charlotte FC, deserve to be in the postseason? Well, deserve is the use that Inter-Miami head coach Gerardo Martino used last night, but I don't know if that's the right word. What do you mean deserve? They earned that. They had to get those points, and they did last night. So, yeah. Yeah, they, they should be in it. Certainly a big win. Good for them to not be able to keep that momentum going early or throughout the match, rather. Mike, you're back up. Which rookie will end up having a bigger impact this season, Bryce Young or Brandon Miller? Both of them Alabama guys. I think you have to look at the word impact and what it means. I think Brandon Miller is not being asked to do as much as Bryce Young is being asked to do. So I look at Young as being the winner by default, no matter what he does. All right, going down to the college ranks. Andrew, we had a lot of great college football moments this weekend. What was the best one? I'm going to say it's a team flying under the radar, literally stealth mode, and that's the Air Force Falcons, 7-0. First time one of the service academies has started 7-0 since 1997. I just love it as a story when these guys get ready to serve our country, but also have an awesome football team as well. So go Falcons. Hey, they're balling, and they run the best offense, which is the triple option. And, hey, 97 was a pretty good year. All right, Grace, will the Panthers trade anyone this week? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many rumors flying, but I don't think they trade anybody of their big value like the yeah. Brian Burns. I think everybody kind of stays still. I think it's going to be who they can get for maybe a TMJ who's requested a trade yeah. out, but I don't know. I think they're going to stay pretty quick. Maybe in calls on Dante Jackson as well with FC trade deadline coming up on Halloween. Well, how about an anti-QC crown? The North Carolina Tar Heels, they just about blew any chance they have of making the college football playoff by losing to a one and five Virginia team last night at home. This after their head coach praises guys for earning their top 10 ranking. Yeah, still plenty to play for in Chapel Hill, but a disappointing weekend nonetheless. Our actual QC grounds, those are coming. Did you miss the most recent Charlotte Sports Live? Are you wondering how you can stay on top of everything in Charlotte sports? Or are you just tired of looking at us? Well, then you should try Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast. Just scan the code and enjoy your favorite sports show on the go. It's just so easy. You can 
caveman can do. Just scan the code. Are you All right, tired QC of looking at us? No, nobody's tired. QC Grounds, Grace, you up first. Here you go. All right, Panthers fans, bear with me. I know we don't want to show any love to the Chicago Bears, but my guy Tyson Bajan, I covered him in college at Shepherd University. He got his first start today, 21 of 29, 162 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, leading the Bears to a much-needed win that they needed as well. But uh, so awesome to see him after knowing him and covering him. Great, great guy, worker, and a winner. That was a big win. Hey, Deontay Foreman had a lot of touchdowns as well. My crown going out to Coastal's Grayson McCall. A pretty bittersweet Saturday for the Indian Trail native against Arkansas State. With that touchdown, he became the shot's all-time leader in passing yards, eventually reaching 10,000 yards before going down with this injury in the fourth. He slides and takes a late hit to the head. No targeting was called, however, that was a great sign. Throwing up I love you while leaving the field. He was transported to a local hospital in Jonesboro and has since been released. And today the school announced today that he's heading back to Conway and that all of his scans have been very positive so far. So Grayson, thank you everybody. Glad you're doing all right. Definitely praying for a speedy recovery. Great to hear, great to hear. Also, no game seven, ALCS, Rangers take down the Astros today. So another crown there. Let's do it. For Grace, I'm Gabe. See you guys tomorrow night. <laughs>